If you're an entrepreneur in BC, sign up for Canada's Trade Accelerator Program and extend your company's global reach. We help you scale up, develop, and activate an export plan designed to grow your full export potential. The Trade Accelerator Program gives BC-based businesses the training and support needed to become a successful exporter. Go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's podcast network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Now let's get ready to listen, discover, and engage. Erica Hankinson is a multi-award winning entrepreneur at the helm of the B2B digital marketing agency, Maven Collective Marketing, and co-founder of the SaaS-based tech company, Orchestry Software. Hackinson has been awarded Female Entrepreneur of the Year, Silver Award by the International Stevie Women in Business Awards, Editor's Choice by the Canadian SME National Business Awards, and Top Small Business Female Executive Bronze Award by Databird Business Journal. Erica's passion for marketing and technology has also been published in the Globe and Mail, BC Business, and Canadian SME Magazine. Outside of the office, Hankinson is an outdoor enthusiast residing in the outdoor recreation capital of Canada, Squamish, British Columbia, with her two awesome tiny humans and heroic husband. Well, Erica, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thank you so much, Robert. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Squamish. Well, I used to be a Pemberton resident and the Sea to Sky Highway is one of the best places to live in Canada. And I've got to tell you, it is the uh, outdoor recreation capital of Canada. That's for sure, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you and I had a little preliminary conversation and Pemberton is one of my favorites. If I could swing it to, um, you know, I guess in a pandemic, you can work from anywhere. But uh, but you know, Squamish and Pemberton are our sister cities. We love, we love spending time up there as well. And you have Walmart and we don't. So that's, yeah, the, that's the yeah, one of the things that big. I was always making the drive from Pemberton down to Walmart. Yeah. Gotta get that. Yeah. It's, it's the big win that we try to shop local. There are just some things yeah, that Walmart yeah. has. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's get started here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and give us the details on your current business. Great. Um, a little bit more about myself. Well, like I said, we, we live in Squamish. I'm originally from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. For anyone from the inland northwest, they might be familiar. I started Maven Collective back in 2012 as a, as a sole entrepreneur, and it's grown from there to a team of Mavens that uh, I'm very proud to be surrounded by. And uh, like you stated, we launched our second business. Um, I launched it with some co-founders this year called Orchestry, who happened to be former clients of Maven Collective that uh, we love to work with. And they asked me to come on as a co-founder. And that's been an awesome ride getting into the product space. Um, so we're, we're actually kind of service and product now, which is an interesting mix. And so what does Orchestry do? So Orchestry uh, is a SaaS-based app. And it's, um, it's really built for anyone that uses Microsoft 365, which is formerly called Office 365. So anybody that uses things like Word, PowerPoint, um, and SharePoint, and Microsoft Teams, 
um, especially with the remote work situation that we're in right now. Uh, the amount of apps in that platform has grown and grown and grown. And so we get a lot of, you know, what do I use for what purpose and when? And um, there's a lot of confusion around that. There's also a lot of confusion on when to use Teams versus when to use SharePoint. And so Orchestry makes work simple in that platform by putting in, you know, different rules and being able to give a, a much easier kind of self-service situation for both end users and admins. So what it really excels at is, you know, governance and adoption, basically what it is as a platform. Okay, now did you need financing to start your company and how do you currently make money in the business now? Is it a consulting service? Yeah, so I mean, I'm confusingly talking to you about both, uh, both my consulting service company and then the product SaaS based company. So Maven okay. Collective, bootstrapped, side hustled, um, <laughs> kind of got it off the ground slowly but surely until I was sure that I could make a full-time gig out of it. And that was completely self-funded. Going into this product um, endeavor, same, the founders, the other founders and I decided we wanted to stay in control and have a really good uh, direction of our vision. And so we've self-funded that as well. Okay, good. I want you to give us a key piece of knowledge or information about your industry that our listeners can learn from. Just kind of give me something that is kind of layman's terms or something that would kind of define exactly um, some of the interesting aspects of it. So what I find interesting may not be what everyone finds interesting, but um, at my core, I'm, I'm a digital marketing junkie. Like when um, you could start to dissect the Google algorithm or how people started to be able to show up for what I search for online. For example, if I search for Canada's podcast, um, will it be this podcast that comes up first? I would assume you are, you know, a technically savvy bunch and you have you've put yourself the right keywords in to be able to show up in Google. Um, I think what most people don't understand is when they build a website and when they, um, you know, put their message out there to the world, that doesn't automatically mean that someone's going to see it or that search engines are going to serve it. Um, so there's a lot of nuances behind getting to be able to be seen by Google and Bing and all the other search engines. Um, and those nuances are really search engine marketing. And it's worth any small business, any large business, it is worth the investment to um, do a little digging and figure out how you get shown there because in this time of everyone being online, that's the only way your presence is shown. Um, and so I, I think that just gets overlooked, um, especially as I think about our endeavor as a product company. Most products, they build the entire thing, engineers over-engineer it, and then they start thinking about marketing it. Um, and being a co-founder at the beginning and starting to get that message together as we were building it and starting to get that web presence together as we were building the product has made us, you know, accelerate beyond the competition quite quickly. Um, so that would be my that would be my tip is to, you know, spend the time and investment into understanding how it works online and how you can actually be seen by the audience you want to be seen for. Because, um, you know, that's most of the reason that we see success with our clients is that they're they're able to do that and they're able to get their message out there effectively. Yes, I remember talking to a client, an analogy I used was like buying a brand new car, parking in your garage, and then staring at it and wondering why it's not going to pick up the kids from school. <laughs> and he, he kind of got it, you know? Yeah, like, oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds tricky, but it's 
it is, if you put it in brick and mortar terms, it's like not having a storefront. You know, if you can't actually show up there, then you have no storefront. No one can see the, the front door. So that's the that's the key piece of advice. You need to show up. It's not just enough just to build it. You need to show up. Okay. What is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver or Squamish, BC, or even Canada? Yeah. So um, I'm familiar with our podcast and and I uh, I thought this question might come up. So what's interesting about um, Orchestry and Maven Collective is that most of our clients are not in Vancouver and, um, and our business goals and um, initial customers did not come from Vancouver. So one of our most loyal clients that we work with from Maven Collective is um, in Lithuania. And we've been working with them since inception. Uh, so about eight years now. Um, and then we have clients all over the world. Now, we specialize in doing business to business marketing with uh, tech companies and primarily in the Microsoft system. So Microsoft Dynamics Partners, Microsoft Office 365 Partners. Um, that's where our specialty lies because my background has been working for Microsoft and then you know working with companies as such. Um, same with Orchestry. We, uh, working with, with my co-founders before, we had already had a partnership with Microsoft and knew that the big accounts and um, that the people that really are the um, early adopters of technology generally aren't in Vancouver. Um, and the bigger companies generally aren't in Vancouver. So when we started going to market, we really went after the US market, the Australian market, the UK market, and the Canadian market. Um, you know, our biggest success so far has been in the US, Australia, and the UK. And we're starting to see some traction in Canada, but um, it definitely hasn't been the first place that has has picked up a brand new technology and run with it. Okay, good. Let's talk a little about, about doing business in British Columbia. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur in Squamish, obviously, British Columbia? Give us some of the good points about starting a company where you're located, but also give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. So I would say the advantages of British Columbia, of Vancouver, and our proximity to Vancouver and Squamish um, is the talent pool that we have here. And and you know, just working with clients locally as well, we've just been able to expand our reach and work with some fantastic companies that are genuinely wonderful people to work with. I mean, I, I, I'm sure Robert, you having a background in business, it's, it's always hard to work with clients um, that you're misaligned on values or misaligned on you know, goals and purposes. And, and we have found such a great client base here in Vancouver, but that's also turned into, you know, co-founders in the second venture. Um, so I would say that's, that's really the strength, the talent, the, you know, openness, the, uh, the friendliness of people in Vancouver that that's gone unmatched in a lot of places that I've lived before. I would say that the downside, and I think other guests have said this to you in the past is proximity to customers is a little, <laughs> skewed being, you know, way up here in, in Vancouver when a lot of customers are in the US or say Australia or the UK, which means um, we're on the phone at 5 a.m. and we're on the phone at 9 p.m. <laughs> so that can make for long days, but at least technology like this allows us to still interact with clients at, at those times. So it is it is a small market. You know, when we're looking at large accounts, they generally aren't coming from Vancouver. Um, so we're having to go, you know, much further out to be able to 
uh, sustain a business that, of the size and growth that we want to be. Okay. So you moved here from the U.S., correct? Many That's years right. ago? Okay. This next question, I want you to imagine doing it all over again. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver, British Columbia, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I've experienced this. I, I experienced this actually in, in 2008. At the end of 2008 is when I moved to Canada and I left Microsoft. After the big to, recession, after the big recession. Yeah, yeah. Well, I left Microsoft to uh, marry my Canadian and um, and and they offered to keep me on. And I said, no, I like I need to go be Canadian. I really don't. Uh, I, I'm going to find my new life. And I had a job when I came. The job totally staled out because nobody was hiring. And I and I went back to cocktail waitressing. And that's what I did my first almost year as a Canadian. So that was really difficult. I mean, I did have my new husband. And that was a wonderful personal side of my life. But as a career side, it was it was very difficult to do. I actually went into financial advising and became a certified financial advisor in Canada. That uh, was a really different career path for me and I did not enjoy. Um, so that also was a great learning lesson. But what really made it uh, a change for me in Vancouver was when I was able to finally kind of get back to my passions. And then I actually enrolled and did an MBA at SFU in the management of technology. And that opened a lot of doors for me. It, it created new networks for me in Vancouver. It created a lot of new connections for me in Vancouver. Um, I volunteered also to be on the SFU alumni board that opened up further doors for me. I also volunteered to speak at different events um, as I was you know, asked to, to share my experience, either being a non-technical person in a technical program or you know, being a, a marketer in technology without a technical background. And that, again, kind of opened more doors. So that's basically how I was able to create a network for myself when I didn't know anyone in Vancouver. And, and I highly recommend, I mean, whether you do that through education, like getting an MBA, or you do it for volunteering and networking, that was another big part of it. But that's kind of what opened the doors for me in Vancouver. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? I mean, beyond the, the crazy hours, I imagine that you work yeah. like you said, 5 a.m., 9 a.m. meetings and stuff. But is there anything that kind of gets you going uh, uh, up there in Squamish? Well, Squamish is a phenomenal place to get outside early. So I definitely take advantage of that when the hours allow me to. Um, I love getting in the trails and running. I recently broke my foot, so that hasn't happened in a while. Um, so I've adapted my routine, but exercise is a big part of it. I usually get up, do some exercise early and um, do a little meditation. So it's a little something I'm trying my hand at. I would not say that I'm by any means an expert. I have a very busy mind, but giving myself a coffee and some peace in the morning gets me kind of drawn into recognizing before reacting and then, you know, kind of drawing up my day and, and uh, making sure that I have a, stay on task with all of the different things we have going on. But those two things are kind of the way that I wake to up. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to getting back on the trails as soon as I can run as well. Maybe an early morning hike up the Chief? Yeah, well, I definitely do that when I, I'm not quite to that stage in my recovery yet. But yes, that yeah. is often, um, if I can fit it in, I meet some friends and we, we do a hike socially yeah. distant um, <laughs> at 5 a.m. when I don't have calls. It's kind of uh, Squamish's version of the gross grind. 
the chief, I think. It is. It is. I mean, I used to live in North Van, and I can tell you that I, I much more enjoy the chief. Just it feels As like a little less of a grind, and the yeah. view at the top is just oh. a huge payoff. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Canada's Trade Accelerator Program is presented by the World Trade Center Vancouver. It provides entrepreneurs access to Canada's top exporting advisors, resources, and contacts, and gives the ongoing training needed to become a successful export trader. Go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I think most entrepreneurs I meet are are unique in a good way. And you have to be a little maniacal and a little bit of a, a sadist to like keep doing this day after day. And you know, there it's a roller coaster. There are these like high highs and low lows and to continue to put yourself through that, you you know, I I mean I I think you said in the beginning, like I, I do ultra marathons. So that's like, you know, eight to twelve to more hours on your feet at a time when and you tell someone you do that people think you're a little bit nuts and and i feel like entrepreneurship is is just a great comparison to that because it is a grind at times and it's just immensely a huge payoff when you get to that line where you feel like you've accomplished something and then there's that next big mountain so to me i i think the best ones are the quirkiest and unique and and they're willing to do it as much you know pain as it brings and and it does but it it is really worth it it's um you know a similar analogy to having kids like it's it's the hardest job and it's the most rewarding job and you know for most people that birth their their ideas into a company it's the hardest job and it's the most rewarding job okay entrepreneurs like to read what books are you reading now and why or even audiobooks and can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs I read a lot. It's, it's so buying books is the one kind of thing that I never feel guilty about. So I, I have too many, my night table is overrun. Um, and I am usually guilty of running like five or more at a time. So <laughs> the few that I could say that have been really impactful that I've read from a entrepreneurship standpoint would be lost and founder by Rand Fishkin. He founded Moz uh, and sold Moz, which is a, it's a software for, for marketers and for people that are trying to measure their search engine optimization. That's a great book. It's a great book that shows you kind of if you take yourself as a consultant from day one and take yourself as an entrepreneur from day one, what you can project to earn and what that looks like and also what the pain looks like along the way. So that's a great one. I really like that one from a from a marketing standpoint. I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to do marketing at the beginning. They don't have the you know, funding usually to do, they usually have to try it themselves. So a few of those that I think are really great are um, Why Johnny Can't Brand. That's a that's a fantastic one that kind of gets you into the pillars of branding and the idea of a, of a category of one. Um, and another would be Made to Stick, like how ideas get stuck in people's mind and, and what those core categories are to get them concrete and cement. And um, I also like Leisure Read, mostly nonfiction. So I can re- recommend a couple more there. Um, I would say anything from Nicholas Kristof, like Tightrope or Half of the Sky. He's a he's an um, writer for the New York Times. Really impactful, moving stuff that he writes and and very well researched. 
And the other one that I'm currently reading that I think uh, most people might be interested in today is A Promised Land by Barack Obama. But if you've read any of others books, it's, it's a good one as well. Any online or offline tools that you use on a daily basis? We are um, a fully remote team, both on the Maven side and on the orchestry side. So um, we use a, a ton of tools, so I won't list them all okay. for you. Um, but I'd say the ones that we use on a day-to-day -day basis, of course, are Microsoft 365 that we use Teams, we use SharePoint, we use so many tools within Microsoft List, Microsoft Planner. Um, we use Orchestry, of course, because um, that fits within in the tools that we use. Uh, for project management, we use Asana. That works really well, um, both from like a long-term project planning and a, and a short-term task perspective. Another one that Microsoft just came out with that I have found really helpful to analyze your website performance or um, digital performance is called Microsoft Clarity. And they just rolled that out within the last couple months, but it's um, like heat mapping and tracking and um, some of the other tools that used to do this for us that are paid are like Crazy Egg or Hotjar or Lucky Orange, and they all sat separately, but this actually kind of goes into the, the Microsoft Bing um, webmaster tools and is able to give you a lot more of that uh, kind of like Google Search Console, but you know a lot more of a visual view of how people are clicking and scroll scrolling on your site, and it's really interesting. Okay, let's talk a little bit about other things that you'd like to do. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? I well, I if you can see behind me, I'm a, yeah. I love music, um, mm -hmm. so I would definitely, I would do more of that. Perhaps singer songwriter. I'm. Um, I've, I've always kind of had that uh, music gene in, in my back pocket. And I can't seem to shake it. So it's it's what I, you know, besides getting outside, I spend a lot of time playing music and enjoying music. So recording artist. <laughs> I don't know that I would be the artist, but maybe I would contribute the songs to the artist. Okay. Publisher, song publisher. Maybe. What kind of a, What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. You know, my family is not going to love this answer, but I gave it to him early on. Pretty much everyone in my family are dentists. And my dad used to take us to work from a early age. Apologies. From an early age. I mean, I remember from the age of seven, like scrubbing toilets at the dental office and um, calling to confirm his appointments to people that we knew. Uh, but in, as a teenager, we were um, doing sterilization of like partials of people's, you know, teeth and um, helping drill or not drill, helping clean out places where my dad had drilled in people's teeth and and my brothers both took to it and my stepbrothers became you know went into the, the medical field and um for me just like dentistry I could not do but bless all my family that does it it's it's just not something that I could get into in business what is your favorite word quote or sentence that you like to use um I don't you know I don't think she's from business I know she's not from business she's a she's a writer she's an author she's a poet but to me, and from the beginning of many businesses, this has kind of been my mantra almost, is um, it's from Maya Angelou and, and her, I hope I get it right, is, um, so hope and fear cannot occupy the same space. Pick one. And I often think about that when, you know, thinking about a risk that I might find really too fearful to take, like starting a business um, and choosing hope. Okay. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? <laughs> For me, it's it's often like it's uh, it's immeasurable. The uh, 
you know, the outcome is, is immeasurable and it's just, it's, you know, worth it, what is worth it cannot be measured. You know, often that's what we hear uh, marketers say that, that, uh, that don't do the data behind the marketing. And so that for me, when I go into a room like that, it's just, it, it, uh, it hurts my head a little bit. I, I know that there's a way to be able to measure things and, and it's often, you know, just putting the right tools and processes in place to be able to do that. And, and so um, that's half the battle, enjoying that part of it. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think early on in my career, I, I might have said something creative, um, which I probably still am, but more in the roles that I am now, I would say that I am supportive and I try to be the best support for my teams um, and empathetic. Like recognizing that no matter what, everyone is human and everyone makes mistakes. And, um, you know, as long as you work together, you can, you know, push past whatever is thrown your way. And, and I think that that's um, often a tool that's overlooked in business. Okay. Anything keeping you up at night these days? Well, I have children. <laughs> so that often <laughs> does give me a wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, there, there are so many things that run through your mind in the middle of the night. I, I try to read before I go to bed to give myself something else to think about. But of course, you know, whether it's the next big project that, you know, has tight deadlines and you're, you're worried about that, whether it's, you know, the business development side of things, it's, um, you know, peaks and valleys, whether it's a big presentation that you're giving to an entire you know, global team at a company. It's, it's a lot of things. Um, but, you know, some of the things that we mentioned earlier, reading at night, having a good ritual in the morning, um, so that just kind of helps you feel more prepared and, and feel like you can accomplish those things. And again, like can't say enough about having a great team that you can rely on, bounce ideas off of. And, you know, even say when you're struggling and having some fear around those things or anxiety around those things and getting the help you need. And all that mountain fresh air must help as well, right? Yay, yes, yeah. I'm I'm so looking forward to being out in it more. I'm I'm getting lots of hiking in, but uh, I can't okay. wait to be sweating and skiing and all of the things. I want you to give us the top three things three things on your inspired life list. This could be if you want to travel more, entrepreneurship, or as far as philanthropy. Um, do you want to uh, write a book? Anything like that that is kind of outside of the entrepreneurial. Uh, workings day to day. Anything that uh, you'd like to strive to do? Um, I always joke with my son and daughter that when they go to college, I'm going to go back. So I, I hope School. I will. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to get my PhD. Um, not to just say I could get a PhD, but I've always wanted to teach. And I would love to be able to do that um, sometime in the future with when I have a little more time. Uh, I would love to write a book. Like I no idea what I would write it about. I, I really enjoy reading. So I think, and, and a lot, large part of my job is writing. Um, so I, I think that could be something that would be a nice experience. Okay. I would love to uh, get away on an island at some point and <laughs> live happily. I think, Robert, you get away more often than I do. And uh, I'd love to hear about that experience. <laughs> Yeah, we, I can uh, tell you lots of island stories, that's for sure. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout Canada? Yeah, 
I remember, um, I remember the year that I was, you know, I, I said that I started Maven Collective kind of as a side hustle that I was trying to figure out if I could make it a full-time gig. Um, I was pregnant with my second kid and knew that like commuting every day and having my daughter away and care every day was going to be hard for us. And, but trying to get myself out of the fear mode of like, what if I fail? Like, what if I start this thing and it just, I fall on my face. Um, and I had a good, two good friends that were already entrepreneurs that just looked at me, you know, one said, you know, what are you, what are you fearing? You're fearing that you're going to fail and then you're going to go back and get a job and do what you do right now. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that is the worst that could happen is that I go back and do what I do right now. And the other one, um, you know, had said, look, there's just, you, you have, you've done this as a side job for so long, for four years, you know, you can't do any worse than what you're doing right now. And if you had it, had to be able to do it full time, all you would give yourself is more time to be successful. So, you know, give yourself a try. Someone's got to bet on yourself and it's got to be you. And, and I'm like, I'm so thankful that both of them spoke up and gave me the confidence I needed to, you know, potentially fall on my face. But so far that hasn't happened. Take the risk, go for it. I guess is the, is the, message to be communicated here. Okay, Erica, you ready to have some fun? I think so. Okay, you did mention that you like to go to a tropical island and we're gonna take you away to one right now. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? I have a clarifying question. Okay. Can my husband and children come? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can bring here anyone you want. There's just no internet. Okay. Okay. So I get to have my family with me. Yeah. And um, would I know ahead of the boat coming to pick me up that I would be gone? Uh, we're going to drop you off. The boat's going to come and they're going to drop you guys off and they're going to sit outside the shore for probably about a mile out and wait for you. Okay, so I'm going to make an assumption that I could actually say to my team, I'm going to be away. I don't know when I'm going to come back. And here are all the things that you can do while I'm gone. And then I could disappear. If that's the yeah. case, I could last a very long time. That sounds... That sounds you wouldn't get, the, wouldn't get the itch to turn, turn on the phone and try to log in or anything like that? No interest in to... Yeah, find. you know, we spend a lot of our free time getting off the grid. So like we did our first backpacking trip with our oh, okay. kids this summer and it was amazing you know to no cell service area to you know the only thing that i would want is my camera so that i could capture the moments that we create it's a little bit of digital detox there already you're, you're... i'm yeah i'm totally i'm i'm in the woods if i'm not online and working i'm in the woods that is my happy place but I, an island would also be my happy place so I, I don't know i don't know we could see how long i last I, i'll be the first one to volunteer let's find out <laughs> i've had i've had several entrepreneurs answer that question tell the boat not to go too far <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, i'm the so. opposite if i if you could just keep going i want to pretend that there's nobody else here <laughs> okay let's wrap things up how can our listeners get hold of you and is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today so how can they get a hold of me? That's an easy question. We're at mavencollectivemarketing.com is, uh, is our B2B marketing and digital marketing agency. Um, happy to answer any questions. We are um, 
very helpful and, and happy to just kind of do quick talks with any entrepreneurs that, that may need a little help on the marketing side. It's one of the most fun things actually is, is being able to give some advice to and see someone run with it, which is amazing. Um, for Orchestry, it's orchestry.com. Um, that's, you know, for uh, Microsoft 365 users that may need a little help with governance and adoption. The last thing that I would leave you with is, um, you know, the best advice I ever got by an entrepreneur was to take a chance on yourself and and no one deserves it more than you. To, to you be believe in yourself and and get out there and um, and try your hand at it and you know if you are in a job right now you're going to be able to go back to a job so so you should definitely get out there it's um sometimes a hard and long road sometimes it feels a little bit like a marathon but those wins um are never sweeter when they're they're all yours to experience so awesome. i uh, i highly recommend the journey okay erica Thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thanks so much, Robert. For BC Entrepreneurs, Canada's Trade Accelerator Program has been successfully operated by the World Trade Center Vancouver since 2017. The Trade Accelerator Program gives BC-based businesses the training and support needed to become a successful exporter. Go to www.wtcvancouver.ca slash tap and find out more.